0: Hey, what is up? Welcome to another episode of Going Deep with Aaron Watts. And you've come to the right place. And in today's episode, I've got Josh Elledge of Up NPR. He is doing exactly what the name of his company is implying. He is building an anti-PR company, helping companies, brands, individuals get exposure through effective ways that actually produce results. We get into the weeds, talking about metrics and what Is important, and what is just a vanity metric. A lot of good conversation here. Josh is an expert, and also very active on Twitter. Both he at Josh elledge and I at Aaron Watson Fifty Nine would love to hear from you after this episode. Connect with us on Twitter so we can hear your thoughts on how the conversation went. We also get into empathy and understanding how to serve others first. A lot of good stuff in today's episode, so enjoy my conversation with Josh Elledge. You're listening to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. Well, Josh, welcome to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. I'm really excited to be talking to you today.
1: Sounds great. Aaron, thank you so much for having me.
0: There's a ton of wisdom that I know that you can give to the audience, and I have to wrangle as much as I can out of you over the next half hour or so. And I actually wanted to start with the byline of your LinkedIn profile. And Ooh. I wanted to start there because it's compelling, concise, and, and just grabs attention in a way that I don't think a lot of other people's LinkedIn bylines do, which might be a little uh, nerdy or wonky, but something I definitely notice. And it says, I turn digital entrepreneurs into media celebrities. Uh, Not only does that immediately capture the imagination for the work that you're doing, Uh, But it just demonstrates your skills as a communicator because it's so clear, so concise. Uh, So let's start there and talk about how you do that, how you turn digital entrepreneurs into media celebrities and maybe also define what you mean by that hmm
1: Well, it's it's absolutely part of my own experience. Uh, over 10 years ago, I launched a company, an online company called SavingsAngel.com, and we help people cut their grocery bill in half. It's a great service. But, you know, Aaron, there are a lot of great services. There are a lot of great websites. There are a lot of great ideas out there. I knew that the thing that was going to, I mean, it was going to matter. I mean, every, everything was going to hinge on this, is could I get enough exposure? Exposure is Everything and if you don't have exposure, you don't have a customer base to uh, make your offer to. You don't have a customer base to learn from. You don't have a customer base to improve your your sales process with. And so, I had a background in working in the media. I was a Navy journalist uh, for the United States Navy for five years, and also owned a small town newspaper for a couple of years. So, I had some background in working in the media. It wasn't everything that I had done. I I didn't go to school to become a journalist, um, aside from my military um, uh, school. Um, But, uh, you know, I I also – a problem I had was that uh, I didn't have any money when I started Savings Angel. I was completely bootstrapped and – you know, and I, I had no money for marketing, which is not a great position to be in uh, if you're relying on this to very quickly be your sole source of income. So I had to hustle hard. And so I just started reaching out to every media outlet I possibly could. And, you know, I used a little bit of my experience and knowledge and, you know, working in that industry and enough of them said, sure, Josh, we'll work with you. Um, and so I started doing a radio segment, a, a regular weekly radio segment, you know, where it was based on me doing a lot of extra hard work for them in service of their audience. I didn't go out and sell Savings Angel. I, I, I really just sought to bring value. And because I did that enough, then I started becoming more and more popular. And then I started getting invited to appear in other places. And Soon enough, you know, I had become a syndicated newspaper columnist. I had become a syndicated TV consumer expert. I'm uh, in nine newspapers, 1.1 million readers. Every week I've been doing that for eight years. I produce uh, TV segments for, uh, 75 in 75 cities, two to four times monthly. And, uh, of course, here in my home market of Orlando, Florida, uh, I've been in the media over 500 times and, 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 uh, on TV. Um, so I really, really love it. So as I started teaching people how I did this, like I was getting invited to speak at conferences, that sort of thing. Uh, I had more and more entrepreneurs who were like, yeah, but can you just help me? <laughs> Like, I I love everything you're telling me, uh, but man, I just want someone to kind of hold my hand. I'm like, well, okay, I could probably do that. So we started, um, you know, to answer your question, uh, a couple of years ago, I started a company called Upend PR. And so what we do, it's kind of, we're kind of the anti-PR firm uh, where most PR firms just want to rep you and they want to be in the middle of all your business uh so they can extract a lot of billable hours. You know, our philosophy is... What do we positively absolutely have to do? What should we be doing? And, you know, what really can we send back to the client? So a lot of times a PR firm, when you hire them, they love to extract a lot of billable hours, but they end up just allocating it to someone who's making you know ten twelve dollars an hour when really you shouldn't be paying a hundred hundred fifty dollars an hour for for that type of work so we're just really clear and identifying look you know we need to do this uh but we really don't need to be doing this i would rather we work together with the client so we only work well with clients who are a little bit savvy in being able to represent themselves um we want them to be the superstars so we just try to make connections tell them Exactly what to do and say, and then we get out of the way um, and just let them shine. And it's a philosophy that seems to be working out pretty well.
0: That's awesome. And, and two things I really took from that answer uh, is first with Savings Angel, you said, you know, you barely had any money. You were really scratching your own itch, figuring out ways to save money. Yeah. Uh, it was not only helpful for your audience, but relevant for you at that point in time. And then additionally, with the decision to start up NPR and having people actually asking coming to you asking for that advice as opposed to trying impose that onto an audience or onto a market that wasn't ready I think is a a really good lesson for people to get I want to drill in a little bit deeper though you're talking about you know really being the anti-PR firm and, Mm -hmm. and really doing a different model than a lot of the existing PR agencies out there can we just get a little more into the weeds in terms of not only the work that you're doing, but maybe the metrics that you really... Yeah use to judge your success? What metrics are key indicators for you that might be overlooked by other people?
1: Yeah, well, I could tell you exactly what it is. And most PR firms are very separated from this is we have a very outcome based approach to this. And that outcome is we want our clients to make a lot of money. <laughs> and, you know, with with my own work, so with Savings Angel, for example, um, you know, we've done over $5 million in sales, and we've spent less than I don't know, maybe a couple hundred dollars in advertising. I mean, it's not, it's it's next to nothing. Maybe we boosted a couple of posts. Uh, th- that was pretty much it. Um, we just don't advertise. And so, but what, what do we use to measure that? Well, it's sales, um, you know, because that's what's going to keep the relationship going with a client long-term. Most PR firms are really, really, like you start talking to them about sales and conversion and like you could just see their... You know, the, the brain, their brains just kind of short circuiting a little bit. And I say that respectfully because I have a lot of friends in the industry. And look, most people are very, very good at what they do in, in VR. Uh, but, but sadly, I think that the industry does a disservice to startups, the, um, small business community, to, particularly digital entrepreneurs who live in the age of Facebook ads. So Facebook ads, you make a certain investment in that and you expect a certain outcome and you can measure it. Like, everything is measurable. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that We are following the whole life cycle of a media guest who happens to maybe read about you in TechCrunch or see you in a reality TV series, which we just had a client that was on a CNBC reality TV series um, this week uh, as we're recording this, and that's really exciting. But I want to make sure that, uh, that those people ultimately then are paying our clients money, because if our clients are making money, then we know, because we expect our clients to pay a little bit of money um you know so we we want to make sure that they're well funded because if they are well funded then then we're going to be well funded so you know we're very much into a okay look the goal is to help you make money and how do we do that and so we kind of kind of approach it from from that far back uh and then we look at then the best ways to do that and you know um You know, your philosophy when you and and unfortunately, most people who try to do their own PR, they screw this all up because they come on too strong and they approach the media or they approach influencers in a what's in it for me kind of attitude and you absolutely positively cannot do that it will kill all of your efforts it is it really it is the cardinal sin in working with the media if you over promote over self promote um in this world you have to serve other audiences and if you do that then you'll be invited back over and over and over again. So if you're playing the long game, which is what we recommend with our clients, then it needs to be focused on how can you make that audience's life better and how can you really help out the journalist? Because if you can really help them out, and they'll come back to you over and over again. Um, and you need to uh, really respect your relationships with influencers. By the way, Aaron, I need to mention, that, you know, I use the term journalist and I'm talking about like TV and I've mentioned newspapers and some people are thinking, "Oh, I don't want to have anything to do with that. That's old school. You know, I'm I'm new school. You know, I'm Snapchat and YouTube and all of that. Look, it, if you want to work with influencers, then what I teach it works the same. Like The rules are the same. And it doesn't matter where you are in the world. The rules are the same. It's you have to respect people. You have to uh, honor relationships. And if you'll do that, you're going to find that PR is going to come very, very easy to you. That message of serving first and, and really thinking
0: long term and, and investing in the long term to Build those relationships. Um, Can you talk about maybe your journey in learning that? Is that something that was intuitive for you that you had from an early age? Maybe was instilled to you by a mentor, or did you have to maybe learn that the hard way? Because that's to me when I hear that, what I hear is yes, of course, and that is that is a, a piece of advice that is very common among people who. You know, are successful and and have had the results similar to yours, but it doesn't always get internalized when it's heard by other people. So I'm curious if you could maybe hone in on your journey and really um, internalizing that lesson.
1: Yeah, Aaron, that's a brilliant question. Um and I'm so glad you asked it because here's where my perspective comes from. And it comes from being a journalist myself. And I think that if you if you want to contract a PR agency. And by the way, like a Savings Angel, we've blown over $25,000 hiring PR firms. And um it, it's been a for the most part an utter disappointment just simply because there's a perspective that's missing. And it's the perspective of being a scrappy startup. Um, You know, even though many PR firms are, um, they're just not taught that in school. They're taught enterprise level PR and it's a completely different world. You know, uh, as a scrappy startup myself, you know, I want to make money. And so uh, another thing that is missing is if they haven't worked as a journalist, then, you know, here, let me explain it this way. Right now, if you were to pitch... A uh, let's say a media outlet, and 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 you send that to them, or let's say you outsource it to a PR person, and you say, okay, Mister Miss PR person, you know, would you please, you know, send them this pitch on my behalf? Well, a journalist is going to receive that, and they're going to say, hey, okay, here's another PR person. The PR person in a journalist's mind is paid to sell a story. However. The founder of a company, well, she is the story. So why would I want to deal with your go-between, if I'm a journalist, when I can just talk to you directly? And so as an influencer myself, as a journalist myself, I get, and I'm sure you do, like everybody, like we get those spammy, hey, I want a guest blog for you. Hey, I want to send you an infographic. And those go in the trash so fast. It's because you know, they started off the relationship with what they wanted. And so inappropriate to do that. You know, that's like going to a, a networking mixer. And, you know, as soon as you bump into somebody, you just start selling them on stuff. Like we all met that person. And it's like, you know, yuck, get away from me. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Um, and so that would be the equivalent of just, you know, emailing pitches where it's all about you. And instead, if you look at like, let's say, for example, the journalist editorial p- calendar, for example, if you, if you know that Easter is coming up or summer's coming up or whatever it might be, and you're able to create a pitch that you know they're going to do a story on anyway, then you're in. And if you try to create a story out of nowhere, like you just launched version 1.31 of your new software, so you're going to pay to blast out a press release. Guess how many people are going to care about that? Like zero, maybe your mom, maybe, but probably not. (laughs) But other than that, you know, you're the only one that cares about that. That's not news. And so, um, these are all, Aaron, in answer to your question. I mean, these are all perspectives that I was able to gain from being on all sides of the fence, you know, as a struggling business owner, as a journalist. And I really asked myself the question. It's like, look, when I get Uh, an email from someone who they want me to write about them, you know, which ones go immediately to the trash and which ones do I say, Hey, that's actually pretty good. I'd love to work with you. And so we just kind of looked at the elements of what that was. And that's what we teach. That's
0: awesome. And that is incredibly insightful for the audience. Um, A a great example of that, a friend of mine and previous guest on the show, episode 97, Adam Harriton, is a master forager. He knows more about mushrooms than (laughs) anyone else I know knows about anything. And when he has pitched stories in the past, he's told me about his techniques, very similar. Instead of saying, hey, this is my business, yada, 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 you have to do a story on it. He talks about, well, fall is coming and this is what is actually happening in our local woods in the city of Pittsburgh and these changes of the seasons are occurring and these events are occurring and I can I can give you some more information if you'd care to discuss so it's really you know mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're reporting on understanding what's going on in your natural environment and then offering to be an expert who can add to that story yeah but Pitching yourself as the story is really just a very self-centered way yeah. of going about it. And that's something that when you're, when you're so lightning focused on your mission and what you're trying to accomplish and your business, like, like you're in the trenches. It's all you feel every day. It's very easy to pass that feeling on to other people, but they're living in their own world. They're doing their own work and you need to empathize with their mission and the work that they're trying to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What a great example too. And you're right. Like in the pitch that you just explained, that's, that's, that would be a perfect way to do that.
0: Uh, So as we kind of head into the back nine here, Josh, I'm curious if there's other lessons that you learned in starting Savings Angel that you've brought to your new business. Cause that's, that's the other common trope is the serial entrepreneur and the lessons that are hard hard-won in the trenches of actually building businesses that they get to carry into their next venture uh, to make them more effective and maybe shoot a little bit higher. How has Savings Angel, your experience with Savings Angel and other previous businesses that you've started affected the way you came into starting up PR?
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. You know, I'll give you one great example. So when I owned a small-town newspaper for a couple of years, which is a horrible business to start, by the way, <laughs> you know, this, this was a while back, but even... Still, you know, I I knew I knew that there was only going to be a certain shelf life for this business until it migrated to a digital, um, you know, digital business. But, um, you know, of all the jobs I did everything with the newspaper, you know, eventually I was able to hire a nice team. And one of the jobs that I was in a big, big, big hurry to um, to hire out was my salesperson because I was so afraid of sales. And it was because I felt like the job of a salesperson is to Try to convince somebody uh, to do something, and I mean that really couldn't be any further from the truth. But that's what I felt that it was, and so you know I I really would just avoid it, and it was just horrible because that's where my money came from. Um, and so you know I, I would uh, ultimately end up you know hiring somebody who ended up stealing from me, and it was just a horrible uh, mistake. And you know I. Got really, really, really beat up, um, you know, I ended up losing a lot of money, lost my house, uh, ended up going through a personal bankruptcy as a result of me being afraid to quote unquote sell. And so my next position after that uh, was actually five years where I was essentially selling and marketing for A a network of attorneys. And so I had to sell each and every day, or I didn't get money or I didn't get paid. And it was that five years of doing something that was incredibly uncomfortable for me. And oh my gosh, did I have to do uncomfortable stuff in terms of like just, you know, to the grind, like every single day doing that. I, I, you know, I think like a year or two of sales experience is probably the best thing that you could uh, do to be ready to be successful in business because eventually you're going to um, experience that sales isn't selling it all when in fact it's really just about solving problems and how can you improve someone else's life. Sometimes your product or service might be the solution they need sometimes it might not be and um, you know I, I know what it's like to be reliant upon having to make a commission in order to get paid um, but if you are perceived to be a resource you may not your solution may not be the answer for that particular person but in the day of you know when everybody can instantly share and help you know their huge network of of friends online it's better to say you know what this may not be the product or service for you but could you do me a favor look i'm gonna put you on my email, email list i'm gonna email you information because you know maybe it's like wordpress security or something like that you know you don't need my solution but could i be a resource for you and maybe i'll stimulate some ideas and some great action that you can take and you know what if you should happen to know another business owner who really would like to outsource their WordPress security, um, you know, I would be honored if you would consider me, you know, consider referring them to me. I promise I'm going to make you look good. Like if you say that, um, and you leave the relationship there, and you don't get hung up on the fact that you need to make that particular sale, it might feel like it takes a little bit longer. Like you can, you can hardcore sales, you know, kind of boiler rooms, <laughs> you know, sell people into stuff if you want to. I don't recommend it anymore. That stuff doesn't work. Uh, well, it does, but it's, it's, it's a horrible way to live. It's, it's much better here. Let me, let me sum it up this way. Um, When you wake up in the morning, if your first thought is, who am I going to sell today because I need to make money? That's a hard way to live, Aaron. If you wake up in the morning, however, and the first thing in your mind is, who do I get to serve today? Man, life is so enjoyable. You and, And with this philosophy, you know, at the very, very beginning, you might not make as much money as the hardcore salesperson, okay? But you're going to get to a point where you never have to sell at all. It'll just naturally all come to you. I work with a lot of other agency owners and I see this pattern so frequently. I ask them, where do you get your business? And they say, well, it's all word of mouth now. It wasn't that way at the beginning, but I just kept kept on doing good work, You know, doing lots of pro bono stuff, helping people, just getting my name out there, just you know, serving as a resource and just doing good for people. And now I never have to worry about where my new clients are coming from. That's where I want to get people. High authority is going to help you get there. Um, Developing a reputation of being a thought leader in your industry, that's going to help you get there. And you know what, Uh, you know, kind of circling back, you know, (laughs) PR is a great way to increase your position as a thought leader. Most thought leaders I know who have products and services they do pretty well in business. They end up making pretty good money. So work on becoming a thought leader, you know, work on, you know, building your authority and and having lots of, um, you know, third party entities respecting you uh, as that. And you'll find that business is just going to naturally uh, just gravitate toward you. It's a great way to live when you can when you can get to that point.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously you're preaching to the choir a little bit here with what I'm doing with the podcast. I'm obviously a believer in these same ideals. Uh, But just to kind of add a little bit to that, one of my favorite books is To Sell is Human by Daniel Pink. Mm. And one of the big points in there, I've gifted this to a few people, is that even if you aren't, in that call it a boiler room sales position or any like sales in the title type position, you are still selling fundamentally in whatever work that you're doing, whether you are writing for grants and you're in a nonprofit trying to pitch your program to receive funding versus another program, Mm. or if it's internal politics and you're trying to, uh, maybe you're an agency and you're trying to sell your vision for a brand uh, against someone else in a room or make a presentation or a pitch internally. It's all a different form of selling. And yeah. the point he really backs up well with statistics in that book is that that is the direction that more and more of our positions are going. Um, you know, in the age of automation, in the age of a lot of software being able to do those kind of plug and chug routine jobs and you know you also hear the refrain of interpersonal skills being really important what that is directly tied to is your ability to influence and persuade and convince people of your point of view even if you aren't necessarily pitching a product with a commission tied to it. So I definitely encourage people to check out that book. Uh, but I also want to just get a couple book recommendations uh, from you as well, Josh. I know that you're, you're very busy with the the multiple companies, but do you get some time for reading?
1: Yeah, I'm a big audiobook consumer. I'm I'm constantly listening to books and gosh, you know, if you're gonna pin me down on just a couple, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like I, I, you know, yes, I mean I'm listening to all kinds of like newer contemporary stuff that's pretty good. Um, but I, I just wanna make sure that, you know, there's nobody listening who has skipped one of these three books uh because I, I think they've been the most influential books um for me. Um, in all business um, number one is going to be michael gerber the e-myth i'm a big fan of systems and again hopefully like 99 of your audience has listened to this book for the one percent who has not get on it um i know aaron they can go to your website and they can get an audible trial right
0: yeah absolutely we've got a free trial so hopefully people can check that out
1: yeah It's a no brainer. Make that is get on that. Okay, number two would have to be again. This is only for the one percent who hasn't yet read it. That's think and grow rich. All right. There's some there's some kind of some woo woo stuff in there. But I'm telling you, if you just, you know, take your skepticism, set it aside and you read between the lines on this book and he he gives a promise at the beginning of the book and if you pay attention to what he's saying in the book but then he's he's kind of not saying um i'm gonna tell you right now what what i believe the secret is that he talks about he says um and it's really weird there's a pattern in this book where he'll say he'll drop like a bomb like just really like Holy cow, are you serious? And then he'll go and give like three sentences of disclaimers, which is really weird. And it was a pattern that I noticed over and over again in in this book. And I what I want you to do is anytime he disclaims himself, Napoleon Hill, I want you to ignore that. The disclaimers are for people who are not ready to accept what he just said. And he gives the disclaimers for people, you know, to, I think maybe, maybe be a little bit more palatable to a more general, unready audience. And then finally, number three, the number three book that I want to recommend. And, And again, you know, there's some may, you know, some may disagree with this one. Um, but for me, you know, for certain reasons, this one has really, really impacted how I view work and how I view, you know, when it comes to my success, it's it all boils down to what am I going to do? I don't need to rely on anybody else to determine my success or my happiness. And that's Atlas Shrugged. And, you know, some will disagree with the, you know, the kind of the underlying philosophy there. Um, but, you know, for me, the biggest message I got out of it is if I want to be happy, if I want to be successful, it's me and and me alone. And I don't need anybody else to bail me out. I don't need anybody else to, you know, we can all work together. And we can all help one another. I believe in that, of course. Um, but boy, did that really, really drive me as far as a core philosophy on how I was going to, uh, how I I realized if I'm going to get success, where is it going to come from? And that philosophy has driven me to do the things I like, can, you know, in startup, you know, uh, when I was starting up Savings Angel, working 18 hours a day, 18 hour days. I mean, that's just, you know, that's part of it. If you want, you know, if you want massive movement in business, you have to apply massive action or massive investment. It's one of those two. Um, You know, if you want to stagnate, then go ahead and work nine to five and, and don't bother investing in your business and you will stagnate. Um, you know, people d- generally just don't get lucky in business. You have to apply force, uh, to get uh, a reaction, which is why I'm a big fan of, you know, finding ways to invest smartly in your business.
0: And also investing in yourself, anytime you're choosing to read as opposed to reading headlines or just zoning out and watching TV, that's a huge, huge impact. Or if you're, you know, listening to these audiobooks and just kind of walking around or going to the gym or driving to your next meeting, uh, it's really an effective use, uh, an efficient use of your time. Atlas Shrugs, a great example also of exploring different schools of thought that might not be comfortable for you. Um, So, so there's all these different, you know, kind of, philosophies out there you could go the direction of uh like a more libertarian as you would see in atlas shrugged there's uh stoicism is a big one right now but then you also have in other directions postmodernism, all these different different schools of thought and what i really believe in is at least exploring and understanding what those different schools are about so when i don't i don't think what you're saying here necessarily is read atlas shrugged take everything piece of it word for oh, gosh, word no. and completely env- <laughs> no, embrace no, the it. No, it would be anarchy <laughs>
1: <Well>, or <you're laughs> some
0: form of it. <laughs> But But, to some degree, you need to understand when you do run into someone so this is this is coming back to the empathy thing for me, and whether that 's selling or convincing or building relationships, when you run into someone who really does firmly ascribe to that worldview, you can actually empathize and understand where they 're coming from and what their viewpoint mm-hmm. is and communicate with them more effectively that's for me that 's the biggest part of exploring different topics or reading broadly is that I can understand my fellow man or woman when I'm in that meeting and trying to understand where they're coming from and find a a commonality. Mm -hmm. We need that today, my friend. Absolutely. Uh, Well, this has been absolutely fantastic, Josh. I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I do have a couple questions before we wrap up. Uh, The first is if people want to learn more about you, where in the digital world can we point them towards to connect?
1: You know, um, Aaron, one of the tools that I use to make connections with influencers and journalists, uh, it is by far the best tool on the planet for it is Twitter. And um, we didn't really have time to get into this, but I, I actually have a whole Twitter course that I'd be happy to, uh, I normally, like if you go to my website, upendpr.com, you can buy it for $99. Um, it, for someone who has made it to the end of this conversation and only to, for that person, uh, I'd like to give you that for free. There's no sales on the back end or anything like that. It's really um, just, I want you to use it. Um, you know, all I would ask is if you have success with what I teach you, it's a four uh, video series. It's a four video series. Uh, and it will teach you exactly step-by-step how I use Twitter to connect and build, build authority and connect with any influencer on the planet. I tell you exactly what to say, exactly how to identify who to work with, and and it works. Um, and so in order to get that, um, you need to go to upendpr.com. So it's upendpr.com forward slash deep. And so if you enter in that URL just like that, uh, then you'll be able to uh, get that $99 course at, no, at absolutely no charge. And again, it's not some kind of weird tripwire thing where I'm going to put you into my sales funnel and, and all that other stuff. I, I really just want you to apply what I teach. And then please just do let me know if you have success with that. And of course, I'm a big fan of the Twitter, so you can find me there. Um, I'm at Josh Elledge, and that's uh, J-O-S-H and then E-L-L and then Edge. And anything else, just Google me. (laughs) Um, I've been, you know, when you serve a lot of people, um, Google rewards you for that, uh, which is another great lesson.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we'll be sure to link to all of that in the show notes at goingdeepwithaaron.com slash podcast. You'll find the uh, link that we we made just for the free Twitter course and uh, Josh's Twitter as well. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Josh. I really appreciated talking to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Aaron. Thank you so much.
0: Uh, I want to make sure that we leave the audience on a note of action. So I want to give you the mic one final time to issue an actionable personal challenge that the audience can take
1: yeah is to to spend the next thirty days and I want you to focus on be- on, on on building your authority and ask yourself you know maybe get people to take a look at your website or maybe do a google search for you and or take a look at your social media and I want you to find people who are willing to be brutally honest and I want you to ask them the question you know do I look important to you or is there any place here where I look like uh you know i'm i'm maybe not necessarily perceived of as a thought leader for my industry. And I want you to take all that feedback and I I want you to get to work um, because when you've got those things in place and you know when you do a pitch to a journalist and they say okay well who is this person they go to your website and you know it looks like it was designed three years ago uh, it still says copyright 2015 um, or they do a Google search for you and there's nothing or they go to your social media and they check you out on Twitter and you've got like you know 13 followers and you know they all have eggs for avatars and, and you have an egg yourself that's stuff you need to fix um, you know make sure your LinkedIn profile for example is complete. You know, that's I want you to take 30 days and I want you to every day, I want you to spend 15 minutes minimum working on your authority. Get on Fiverr, hire some, you know, get some people to help you out with different things. Um and and, and I promise you that, you know, not necessarily within this first 30 days, but in the 60 to 90 to 120 days from now, the work you do in this 30 days is going to pay off so do it work on your authority everything else will start to happen a lot easier for you i love how we
0: came full circle with the linkedin reference as well we'll be sure to link there too and uh make sure that everyone takes that challenge josh you have given us so much wisdom today thank you again for coming on we just went deep with josh elledge hope everyone out there has a fantastic day hey thank you so much for listening Please hit subscribe if you've not already done so and head over to goingdeepwithaaron.com slash top to check out some of our greatest, biggest, best episodes we've done on the show. We've done over 200. I want to make it easy to find some of our most popular for you so you can do so right at that site. Also, get excited. We have a ton of great episodes coming down the pipe, including more AUDL influencers, game-changing entrepreneurs, and... Media personalities all here on Going Deep with Aaron Watson. Thanks for listening. Connect with Aaron on Twitter and Instagram at Aaron Watson59.